0: You ready to do this? I'm Finally? ready. This has <laughs> <it> been, l- <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's been what? Three weeks?
1: <laughs> <laughs> three weeks in between part one and part two for us. Not, not a good. Yeah, I don't even okay. remember what my thoughts on part one were. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Flunking the Written, a fully spoiled Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast in which two uber fans break down every episode of the show. Join Kimberly and Megan every other Tuesday as they overanalyze each scene and discuss the Buffyverse at large. Now let's meet up with the Scoobies and get into this episode of Flunking the Written.
0: What can I say? I flunked the written.
1: All right, Cam, we have made it at last to Becoming Part 2, which was written and directed by Joss Whedon. And the blurb is, While Angel tortures Giles for needed information concerning a ritual, Spike strikes an unlikely alliance with Buffy to keep Angel from destroying the world. Oh, accurate. Yes, it is pretty accurate. Again, spoiler-ridden. Stop! (laughs) So, we have what I call the no-chill start. It is freeze shouted by the cop just as the last episode yeah. ended. Um,
0: yeah, it starts out right where the last one ended.
1: And it is intense. Oh. <laughs> yeah. We should
0: point out, this is, this is a favorite
1: mm-hmm.
0: of the majority of fans. Mm-hmm. I think this makes the top ten ep- episode list for just about everybody.
1: Yeah. Um, but, man... It starts rough. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Two police officers come in and, well, just don't, don't make anything like police whacked.
1: Yeah, like, they these <laughs> are not cops. And the only thing, like, I can kind of, like, headcanon to justify it is that these are, like, the mayor's cops. Because obviously the mayor is a, a featured uh, part of this episode and it's foreshadowing. So you could kind of justify that these are... For some reason, manipulated to be this type of cop, but this is not well, how cops yes, act. Yes, because
0: <laughs> yes, but and you could think that because why are they even there? Like, how did they even know? Yeah, <laughs> and Snyder's there.
1: Like, <laughs> it seems very like, orchestrated. did someone
0: call it? Call Snyder to tell him is someone following Angel? Or did Angel call? Did Drusilla call? Is someone being followed? Is Are, is, are they following Buffy? Mm-hmm. Like, what's going on?
1: Yeah. Which I think it, it is confirmed in season three that the mayor was definitely, like, watching all of this go down in season two. Was definitely, like, aware of all of the shenanigans that happened in season two because he was watching it. So, it is very so likely he that sent it them. is orchestrated by But, yeah, these cops are so over the top.
0: They don't even try to detain her. They're just immediate, like you're under arrest. Yeah. <laughs> Which he takes out front and attempt to shoot her. Yeah. <laughs> and then they put out a, a, a warning about ah, she's extremely dangerous. She's so dangerous. They they don't know that. <laughs>
1: oh Yeah, uh, I've got in my notes yeah. <laughs> that
0: they're not exactly following procedure.
1: <laughs> I will have a lot to say about the cops in this episode. Like every time there's cops on the screen, you're just like, wow, those are intense cops. <laughs> So while Buffy's in there, she discovers that Kendra is confirmed dead by the police and Xander is unconscious across the room. And she's going to try to help him when she's pulled out, uh, nearly arrested, but she hits the cop and runs away as uh, a cop calls her in as being extremely dangerous. Snyder's there. Snyder exists in this episode. (laughs) in a very like snyder way yeah i think this is the most snyder like if if i was gonna pick one episode to really show what snyder is like i'm just like just watch this like scene later in this episode because it is this the most snyder snyder has ever been um yeah he had a
0: line that they took out oh, in really? the script
1: book he says
0: when she uh hits the cop when he's trying to handcuff her um, and she turns Snyder like shrinks back against the wall and says, "I'm just a civil servant." (laughs) And she just, you know, ignores him and runs past.
1: What a garbage man! I love him so much. (laughs) That's the thing about Snyder. Like every time he's on the screen, I'm like, "You're a garbage person." God, I love you. He thinks he has a lot of power that he
0: does not have. Okay, so she runs out, and then we get the theme song, and then our next scene is Buffy. In disguise.
1: She has a hat on. No one can tell who she is.
0: (laughs) No, cannot tell who she is. She enters the hospital and sees Xander. And uh, they have a little conversation, catching each other up. And uh, Buffy finds out that Willow was hurt and is still unconscious. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: There's this one scene where he grabs her and hugs her while cops walk by. But that's pretty much it
1: there. Yeah. So... Here's what I noted um, in this whole, like, sequence from when, you know, Buffy makes the joke about Xander hugging her to, like, into the next scene and them talking about Willow and, and her trauma and, and Cordelia coming back. is like, the weight of this is super, super heavy. The way in which they deliver the... Oh, Xander, Bean, Xander joke, and then it immediately transitions to where Xander's like the sad, serious face, and Buffy realizes Xander has so many times used humor to um, kind of deflect. the the severity of what's going on. And so the fact that Buffy's the one that suggests the the inappropriate joke and Xander's just not into it at all, and then it goes into that transition of Willow and all of the trauma that these kids have experienced due to this attack really works for me. (laughs) Because they've spent so long setting up Xander as being the one who makes jokes at inappropriate times and here xander can't he like physically can't like get on board with this silly joke that buffy like sets him up for and when we cut to willow and you realize that yeah willow's in a serious condition right now and may never wake up i i just like anytime the show wants to make you feel how bad a situation can be they can just put willow in danger or in some kind of uh pain or suffering and you're just like this is it this is the worst (laughs) yeah not willow (laughs) anybody but willow why why would you hurt my willow
0: buffy asks if oz knows and xander had forgotten to call oz it says he'll go do that and then cordelia comes in and basically says that i ran i just kept running Mm -hmm. and then something really strange happens and Xander asked her, did Giles keep up with you? <laughs> and in what universe would Giles ever run in a situation like that? And leave Willow and Xander and Kendra by themselves?
1: Like that would never happen. I really I didn't do it, but I wanted to go and like rewatch that fight scene because I'm pretty Uh, sure Xander would have been kind of aware where Giles was in relation to Cordelia when all of that was happening and realized that Giles did not escape with Cordelia anyway so like it just doesn't make sense based on what happened that Xander did see but it also doesn't make sense in the grander scheme of things if that's not something that Giles would do no he would never
0: and I'm not sure why it's just accepted that they all think that since he's not there he must have ran.
1: Yeah, there's a couple things in this episode that, I mean, the episode's so good. We talked about it at the front and the episode's so good. But there's just a couple things every now and again. I'm just like, oof, that was just like there to serve a very specific purpose and doesn't really make sense. Um, and this is one of them, like, you know, just like sitting up like, where's Giles? And then, of course, we cut to uh, <laughs> Giles. Um, <laughs> and, uh... Like, they, they, they do that a few times throughout this episode. What I will say is that the little exchange between Xander and Cordelia when Cordelia first enters the room is probably the most genuine I've seen those two as a couple. It's just such a, like, tender, sweet moment. And, um, yeah, I do like that there is a, like, a a real bond felt um, amongst these characters. And, man, the, uh... The Ozbit. <laughs> Do we want to talk about the Ozbit? Um, the Oz bit is kind of an interesting thing because Oz isn't really fully integrated into the group yet. Um, yeah, this I think is the episode where that happens. You know, this is when
0: I agree because when yeah when the when the new season starts, he's like a regular Scooby.
1: Mm-hmm. But he's not he's not he's not quite there until this episode, I don't think. And like you know, it's one of those things that you know there's 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 reasons why Xander might have not thought to call Osbey on just the fact that he's not one of the core group yet. But the truth of the matter is that's Oz isn't until this episode he's not a core member of the group yet and this is this is his moment he'll get there um he'll he'll cast some spells and and do some rituals um I like the casual like explanation of why Willow's parents aren't there as
0: well yeah <laughs> They're, they're catching a flight back.
1: Like, honestly, this show has gotten to the point where they could have not mentioned Willow's parents at all and I would have just accepted it.
0: Yeah, I would have to. <laughs> like, but at
1: least they mentioned at least, it. At least they mentioned it. At least they made effort. So Buffy has this notion that the reason that they were attacked was because somehow Angel knew about the curse um, and they attacked to prevent the curse, which I know we talk about buffy often being right this is an instance where buffy was definitely off because why why wouldn't they have just killed willow in that situation i mean why didn't they just kill willow in this situation honestly but if that was the reasoning why why would would, wouldn't they finish the job but yeah like it is the realization when xander asks about giles there's just some awkward stuff in this scene Like, truthfully, isn't there? There's some awkward stuff about asking about Giles running with Cordelia. And then that's when, I guess, Buffy realizes that Angel may not have been in the library because of the curse at all. Or, you know, that may have not been the plan there. But, um, yeah, like, I just feel like as much as I love this episode, there's a lot of things in this episode that are just there to set up transitions or to explain why people are at places later in the episode.
0: So they, they end that scene with uh, wondering where Giles is. Then we we go to Giles, who is laying on the floor, waking up, and Angel is laying near him. Says, hi.
1: <laughs>
0: and they uh, he is planning to torture Giles to find out how he can wake up Akafa.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Giles asks him, what do you want? And he says, I want to torture you. I used to love it, and it's been a long time. I mean, the last time I tortured somebody, they didn't even have chainsaws.
1: Chainsaws don't seem like the best tool for the job. Yeah,
0: no. (laughs) I don't know how you would get Information out of somebody when you take in a chainsaw tool,
1: um, but yeah, I do like this bit of acting from David. I love the the way he's laying down next to Giles and like the the giddiness in in how he is almost approaching Giles at times as if he is a child. Like there's just a little bit of that, which you know angel is in fact quite a bit older than giles but like there's just like a way he's talking about some of the things um and especially later on when he's like putting on giles glass like he's he's got like that tenderness and friendliness to him that charming side that charismatic side while he's threatening to and in fact later actually torturing giles and i think it's a beautiful yeah. balance
0: and giles in true giles fashion attempts to escape uh Uh, elbowing a vampire face and drusilla stops him and then angel says they're gonna start with fingers
1: does that happen in the episode that doesn't happen does that not happen i don't think that happens i think
0: that's cut out well it has been like a month since i've watched (laughs) for this i am very sorry okay so in the episode or in this episode he doesn't do this but in the script He tries to escape by hitting a vampire in the face with his elbow and he takes off and Drusilla catches him and brings him back. Mm. So, and then Angel says, okay, where do we start?
1: Ooh, fingers. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that is a Giles thing to do. I like the way that the the scene ends. The scene actually ends with uh, Angel just saying, because I really want to torture you. But also like anytime I get to see giles in action i'm there for it so i would have liked that scene yeah. <laughs>
0: then we cut to buffy's house and the police are talking to joyce this is such um, an awkward scene yeah uh, <laughs> and joyce has to explain she has no idea where her daughter is and then the detective uh in a very condescending way says in the script, this this part is not actually in the episode. He says, do you always let your daughter stay out this late? Oh. And Joyce answers with, well, no. She she goes out. I can't always keep track. But And then we, we move to what was actually in the scene. And she says that she was going to sleep over at Willow's house. And the detective mentions that that was the second victim. Yeah. And I just don't think he would do that. I don't
1: think. I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's some pretty strict policies about releasing the names of minors at crime scenes and really anybody, but like especially minors. (laughs) But then he goes on to talk about Buffy's history of violence. And then he like even like smirks as he tells Joyce to call them if Buffy shows like it's just like if she decides to come yeah, home. Like, yeah. Like what a what a awful, awful cop. And the only way I can yeah. I can deal with this if I headcanon it to say that like the they're just being like chocked full of some kind of weird drug or magic uh boost thing to make them super aggro against Buffy. <laughs> For whatever purpose the mayor has cooked up. Because these cops make no sense. No, they really don't.
0: Um, And it's very obvious that they are doing this on the orders of somebody. Yeah. So then we cut to Giles' apartment. And Buffy comes in looking for Giles. And Whistler appears again. Whistler could have been so much more in these episodes. I don't think they gave him enough scenes yeah enough parts of everything
1: spoiler i'm pretty sure he returns in the comics does he (laughs) yes but uh yeah he's he's an interesting character and we did talk kind of like the the weird transference that happens where whistler kind of becomes doyle almost they're very similar characters in their relationship to both the powers that be and angel and that kind of go between but um yeah, Whistler. I like Whistler, all right, but he's just a little too sleazy for me. Because <laughs> the fact that he starts off by telling Buffy that he needs a date to the prom, I'm just like, really? <laughs> you're the you're the worst guy. Well, no, I didn't see that as he
0: was hitting on Buffy. I thought it was just being funny.
1: Yeah, but it's not even like he knows what's going on. <laughs> yeah, he knows um, what Buffy's going through. <laughs> now even in xander the, got it even xander understood now is not the time for jokes <laughs> in the script when he says because i need a date for the prom he's
0: got a line right after that that was cut okay what is that where he says because i need a date for the prom my mother says i may attend but no fondle there you go um, <laughs> and that's when buffy pushes him against the wall <laughs> and i love her little speech here
1: yeah you have information worth hearing, then I am grateful for it. If you're going to crack jokes, then
0: I'm going to pull out your ribcage and wear it as a hat. Hello to the imagery. Very nice. And then Whistler basically is like, you know, this wasn't supposed to happen. We thought he would be the hero on this day. He says that he thought that Angel was going to stop a Kafla, not bring him in. Mm-hmm. You two made with the spoochies, and now he's a creep again. There's some lines that Buffy has that were cut where... She basically is like, "We didn't know." And Whistler says, "Hey, not here to judge. Body like yours, I'd pretty much give up my soul for a shot at that too."
1: Mm. And see, then just a little bit too much of a sleaze.
0: Yeah. <laughs> says, but it took Angel off the roster, which puts you on the spot in a big way. hmm And then he has the, you know, what are you prepared to do line?
1: Yeah. They they cut out some of the
0: sleazier yeah, lines of some
1: his. of the, some of the. Some of the Sid the Dummy lines are cut out. Um, yeah, <laughs> he has this line Whistler does, where he's talking about prophecies being tricky. And again, it's interesting because when you look at the the way that they're like, "Oh, this is going to be Angel's big day. He's going to stop a Kathleen." It turns out he's actually bringing him forth. The way that the Shan Shu prophecy is written later on, we also understand that we don't really know. In that prophecy, if he's going to be pulling for the good guys or the bad guys, that's also worded in such a way that it could be either way. Um, uh-huh. So it's interesting that they're already kind of setting up some stuff that's going to pay off later in this idea of how prophecies are just there to mess you up. <laughs> Basically, you think you know wonder- what a prophecy's going to do and it does the opposite. <laughs> I wonder if they do this early that
0: they would get Angel his own show.
1: I know that they started having the idea that he could do it, that the actor could pull it off. But I don't know if they even were close to getting it started as far as plotting out anything. But I think, like, Whistler in a lot of ways feels like a setup to... The start of Angel. And I talked about this, yeah. I think, in Becoming Part 1. Again, it's been a very long time since we recorded that episode. <laughs> <But> yes. <laughs> I think I talked about this, about how people a lot of times will talk about Amends in Season 3 being like Angel Episode 0, right? The the pre-pilot episode. But I think Becoming Part oh. 1 is really that. Like Yeah. It's... It really is about Angel. And this episode is really about Buffy's becoming and that, that story of hers. So a lot of people like the men's episode and it is one of my least
0: favorites. (laughs) We'll get there.
1: (laughs) So yeah. Then he says, what are you prepared to do? Prepared to give up. And she has another section here of how she's like, she's just tired of fighting on her own. And He's just like, but you're always alone in the end. You're all you've got. A little on the nose with that writing, huh? Yeah. (laughs)
0: Some some foreshadowing. (laughs) Then she walks out and he kind of calls after her. The sword isn't enough. You got to know how to use it. Mm -hmm. And uh, he doesn't like try to go after her or anything. It's like he stands rooted to the spot. Yeah. (laughs) He's (laughs) trying to be like, you got to know how to use it. And he's all sad. Whistler's such but an not go He doesn't try to go after her.
1: No, like, he's just like, nah, she'll come around. She'll come back. She'll talk to me again later. I'm just going to yeah. keep stealing stuff from her watcher. <laughs> was he actively stealing stuff? I mean, he was going through and drinking all of his stuff. a <laughs> oh, good point. So then we've got Buffy
0: walking on the street, and all of a sudden, a cop <laughs> holds it, heads in the air, and points a gun at her, and... He starts moving toward her and Spike shows up (laughs) and hits him unconscious and flips
1: him over. I could hear the smile. (laughs) Spike shows up. (laughs) In my
0: notes, I just have yay. (laughs) This is the very first time Spike and Buffy ever worked together. Yes.
1: It is great. They immediately, like, Buffy immediately starts attacking him. He pushes her away. She pulls a stake. He calls White Flag. And then, like, just this lovely back and forth where he just is, if you want to take out Angel, we're going to have to work this a little differently. And Buffy, rightly so, is just like, this is a really lame trick. But Spike is there knowing again the the exact buttons to push to, to make Buffy know what the stakes are really here and says that angel has giles and is probably torturing him as they speak yeah and man yeah you got this this lovely moment i'll play the sound clip i'm sure we like to talk big vampires do. i'm going to destroy the world it's just tough guy talk strut around with your friends over a pint of blood the truth is i like this world
0: you've got dog racing manchester united and you've got people billions of people walking around like happy meals with legs it's all right here
1: the happy meals with legs speech is great isn't it
0: (laughs) yeah it is except what about the judge like he was he was perfectly happy to destroy the world with the judge yeah
1: (laughs) yeah This is the philosophy that I equate with Spike. And all those parts that were out of character, I'm just like, mm, those don't exist. <laughs> right. She says she doesn't believe him. And he says, I want Drew back.
0: And makes a comment about how Drew acts around Angel. And then Buffy says, you're pathetic. And then they punch each other a couple of times and then finish the conversation. Yes. <laughs> Which is uh, very similar to how they act with each other in seasons four and five.
1: Yeah. Uh. The little exchange of buffy saying i hate you and spike replying and i'm all you've got is such a great summation of their relationship
0: (laughs) yeah i i love that line because it's all i mean it's true right now and he's always he's always real blunt with her and honest with her yeah yeah this is how it is though sorry
1: Mm -hmm.
0: although in the uh in the script book she doesn't say i hate you she says you're a killer
1: oh it's a little different a little different yeah i like i hate you i don't like i hate you as much as i violently dislike you which we get to later in the series that is my perfect yeah (laughs) that is like chef's kiss um (laughs) but i like i hate you and i'm all you've got that just little exchange is so delightful for me but yeah and then he's just like okay well let me just kill this cop real quick and of course buffy corrects him um (laughs) And then they, they walk away. Yep. So what are our feelings on this next scene, Kim? Um, I didn't really have a lot to
0: say <laughs> about this scene because it could it be taken several different ways. Yeah, that's the thing. My only note is that they send Cordelia to fetch a lot. Mm-hmm. Like she fetches things a lot.
1: <laughs> well, she offers this time.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're back in the hospital and Cordelia offers to go get coffee. And when she leaves, Xander takes Willow's hand. She's still unconscious and starts talking about how much he needs her and how much he loves her and basically says, I love you. And she squeezes his hand and he looks at her all excited. And she says, Oz. Mm-hmm. And I think this kid at that moment, Oz walks in, but I think the, what Xander did could be taken. I, I see it two different ways. And honestly, sometimes it just depends on what mood I'm in when I watch yeah. the show where He's basically just poured his heart out to her as his best friend that he can't he can't do this without his best friend, and he loves her, mm-hmm. or he's confessing romantic love for her, and that her getting injured was what it took for him to realize, it. yeah, like, oh, I do love her so but then Oswald yeah, in before anything else happens,
1: here's the like reading that I feel the most at this moment. I'm kind of like you I could see this going a lot of different ways and I honestly think that this shows this scene really shows just how much power the direction of a scene the way it's portrayed the way the actors make their choices and the way it's edited can really really change the feel of this because this could definitely be a friendship love I can't live without you you're my best friend or it could be a romantic love Um, But it's played in such a way that there is this moment, like you said, where in the actual confession part, it feels more like friendship love, what he's talking about. Like, he's just like, I call you every night, you're my best friend, you know, how am I going to pass trig? All of this kind of, like, friendship stuff. And then he gets to this moment that, like, he pauses and then says, I love you. And then there's this twitch and he gets excited, but then she says Oz's name. And it's the look on Xander's face that it's almost like a realization that what he just confessed wasn't just friendship love. But in the moment of confessing... It's, he fr- it's Yeah, it's in the moment of saying I love you, I think even in that moment, it was still friendship love. But when he hears her say Oz's name in reply instead of his, that was when he was just like, oh... <laughs>
0: Yeah, wait a second.
1: <laughs> yeah. And at that
0: point, Oz walks in and says, I'm here. And they have a very cute scene, which is basically all that Oz and Willow do, yeah. is have little cute scenes. He asks her how she feels, and she said, my head feels big. Is it big? And then he says, no, it's head-sized. I love it. And <laughs> uh, then Willow asks about everybody else. Yes. And they cut away, because, you know. To, there's a lot to tell.
1: <laughs> Cuts to Giles' hands bound and bloody, and Angel is casually sitting across from him, cleaning his glasses. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Man. <laughs> We have angels sitting there cleaning his glasses and talking about how impressed he is with Giles. And then he goes and puts the glasses back on. (laughs) I don't know why this is, but I freaking love torture scenes. And it makes me concerned about myself. (laughs) (laughs) But anytime I watch these scenes, I immediately start thinking about, like... The Wesley Faith scenes later in Angel. And i just like, man, those scenes are so good. These scenes are so good. Why do I like these scenes? And it's just, I think the interesting part, the crunchy bits is, is that one, it shows angel as like this just truly how sadistic he is and this is the true angel like the true angelus here is this torturing and delighting in the torture and even delighting that his torture victim is strong enough to not break you know like he's excited about that in a way um, because he gets to torture him more. This is what Angelus is to me. The bringing forth the Kothla, the like, you know, the hot-headed, you know, crazed, I'm gonna destroy the world kind of vampire. That's not who Angelus is. This scene is so Angelus and it's so good. (laughs) Taking the time to clean your torture victim's glasses so you can put them back on. That's an artist. Yeah. Is something wrong with me? Should I not like these scenes as much as I do? <laughs>
0: it's a really good and powerful scene. I enjoy
1: it. Okay, cool. It's not just me. I also love when Drusilla torches Angel earlier in this season. I love those scenes. She's pouring the holy water on him. Yes. <laughs> so, the next
0: scene, we are at Buffy's house. And it seems that Joyce has gone to look for Buffy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And she pulls up in the car. And she's like, Buffy. And, uh. Basically, the police were here. I've been looking for you. And Buffy tries to get her inside. And uh, then they make up a story about being in a band. And Spike is shocked that Buffy's mom doesn't know. <laughs> and there's a really funny thing when uh, they tell her that Buffy plays the drums. And Joyce says, And what do you do? And he says, Well, I sing. <laughs> like, Yes, you do.
1: Oh, it's great. Now, I think that's funny. It's so. So here's the thing, though <laughs> Joyce is like, legitimately frank- frantic at the front end when she like pulls in and then it gets to like this like joke about buffy and spike being in a band and joyce's kind of got the face of uh, like the oh yeah that's a terrible lie you-, you you know you're you're trying to pull one over on me kind of kind of mom look is is the way that she cho- chooses to play it but literally like her buffy's being accused of murder right now <laughs> yeah like, this is, this is the time where Joyce is not, wouldn't be like, you know, I've got a bad feeling of this, like, Joyce would be like, what the hell is actually going on? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, she's a little aggressive yeah. like that at the, at the front end, but she's not nearly as aggressive as I think she should have been.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree. 100%. <laughs> I agree. Um, and then a vampire jumps out at them and Buffy dusts him right in front of Joyce. And uh, Joyce is like Buffy, "What's going on?" And Buffy says, "Mom, I'm a vampire slayer."
1: Yes. <laughs> Let me talk for a second. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I need to. I need to express my feelings. First off, what the hell was this vampire's plan? <laughs> Yeah, attacking the Slayer and Spike. And then why have, didn't the vampire just yeah. go back to Angel? And then they have this excuse, so like, "Oh, he was spying on us." So like, why was he attacking them? Yeah. <laughs> you didn't catch him; he jumped out at you. <laughs> so anyway, that's done. But then, like, so you mentioned, like, this is the the first time that we see like Buffy and Spike work together. This is the first time that we see Buffy and Spike fight together. And man, are they in sync! Like, instantly. Oh, yeah.
0: (laughs) That gives me chills.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Handily, like, she sets up the vamp, Spike gets a few licks in, and then the vamp tumbles backward right into Buffy's stake. Um, Flawless execution. Joyce is there, confused as all get out. And then it's just, there's just this moment when Joyce is finally like, what is going on? And Buffy and Spike exchange this look before Buffy actually approaches Joyce to tell her the truth and like this is again how did they not figure out that like <laughs> let me let me make actual how did it se- actual le- let me make this sentence make more sense how did this not happen sooner like you know it's just it's so there like in season 2 it's so there and i know that there were buffy and spike shippers in season 2 like i know that the buffy fandom was real and obviously we get it pretty heavily in season for, even though it doesn't actually become like a realization for the characters until season five. But like, how did how did they not figure out this weird connection sooner? Because there's just yeah. they're able to fight so in sync with each other and they are able to understand each other with a look. Like Yep. <laughs> They are so incredibly like intertwined and this is the way that this is written and like and it continues to be the way that it is written. There is just such a like and you mentioned it earlier there's such a brutal honesty between these two and that opens the door for them to understand each other in such a way that happens way earlier than I remembered it happening (laughs) Because I like definitely associate these two characters with like knowing each other completely. And that's why I really enjoy the Buffy-Spike relationship. And that's the ultimate payoff in season seven is just how much they know each other and understand each other and how deep that relationship is. But here they are the first time that they're actually working together and they're so in sync when they're fighting. And then they're able to basically communicate telepathically (laughs) because it's just it's there. (laughs)
0: And it is wonderful to watch. And then it's over for a really long time.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're going to have... A, we only have get one episode with Spike <laughs> gonna in Season a, 3. <laughs> we're going to have a Buffy Spike drought for a little bit. Don't worry.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so then we're back to the hospital. Willow is talking on the phone. And she's obviously talking to Buffy and saying, you know, she's fine. Then we cut back to Buffy's house. And she's on the other end of the phone. Uh, Willow is saying she's sorry she didn't get to angel and buffy's like no this is this is what is supposed to happen i'm never going to get him back and and then we have a little scene with joy sitting in the living room with spike (laughs) just sitting there and here this you're going to enjoy this as much as i did okay there's not any conversation in this scene yet and everything but (laughs) It says, the description of it is, Joyce sits in the living room with Spike. They both are silent and uncomfortable, like it's Sunday and he's come a court.
1: <laughs> wow.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I I just wrote that it's the most delightful thing ever. That's what I wrote in my note. <laughs> and then Buffy, still on the phone, talking to Xander. Yeah.
0: About where they're at and the mansion and all that. And she says she's going to hit the place at daybreak.
1: Yeah, this is another one of those things where, like, they have this exchange between Buffy and Xander that only serves to be an explanation for why Xander is at the mansion later. Like, that's, like... Yeah. It's just a set ups like, oh, this is how Xander's there. I love this episode, but there's just some clunkiness every now and again where, like, I just... I want it to be just a little bit tighter. <laughs> um, And this, this is one of those things, like, when I was watching this, I was just like, huh, this... In, like, watching it in the episode, you don't really notice, but, like, critiquing it, you're like, this is literally just here to explain why Xander knows where to find Buffy at the end of the episode. (laughs) It's the only reason it exists. And, you know, you could have had at least a little bit of a tender moment here between Buffy and Xander. Something. You know, something where at least Xander could have been, like, sorry about the way I acted before and she could have been, like, it's okay. You know, just something. Yeah. (laughs) Something to tie it all together. Side note. Side note. In the, like, hutch that Buffy's leaning against during all of these conversations, there's a picture of what I assume is a naked baby Buffy in a pool. (laughs) Uh, Really? (laughs) And she's just having the time of her life. (laughs) I didn't even notice that. It's a pretty cute photo, but it was an odd choice. And, like... I don't I don't think I've ever noticed it in the 4x3 but like the the second time I watched this I went ahead and just watched the the HD remaster because it was streaming and easier to get to and it's so it's a wider shot and it's in Buffy's close-ups like there's just a, a picture of baby Buffy just chilling in a pool wearing like water wings and nothing else <laughs> well okay <laughs> now I want to know who the baby
0: is because <laughs> it actually Sarah Michelle Geller are <laughs> just some bred of baby. <laughs> Uh, Okay, so then we cut back to Buffy's living room, where uh, Joyce and Spike are making polite small talk, and Spike reminds her that she hit him with an axe one time. And then she's like, oh, so do you live here in town? And then Buffy comes back. Now, here, I have lots to say about this scene. Yeah. But this is where Buffy and her mom really get into it about her being a slayer and stuff. Mm -hmm. And there's several, like, specific parts... That yeah, I will talk about when they when we get to them going through the conversation, but overall I never noticed it before all the times I've watched through it until I was watching to take notes and analyze the sh- the episode that the majority of the fight between Buffy and her mom. Is Buffy's fault. Okay. I'm just saying. hmm It's the way she acts. The entire time she's acting toward her mom, condescending and talking down to her and refusing to explain anything and expects her mom to accept this pretty wild thing immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, and then is just, like, straight out rude to her mom. hmm And it's just like. Yeah, she could have handled that a lot better. Yeah. Like, a lot better. And it's not something that I ever thought about before when uh-huh. just watching it for fun.
1: We had discussed the uh, ability of Joyce to handle the news that Buffy's a slayer in previous episodes and had the timing been different than this, where Buffy's just, her priorities are so focused on, you know, saving the world, like they should be, um, that she just has no, she doesn't have time or the patience to deal with her mother at this point. And There have been discussions about how, in a lot of ways, there's parts of this scene that feel like a role reversal where Buffy's trying to act more like the mom and Joyce is more like the child asking the silly questions. But yeah, there is... There's a lot to unpack in this scene. Um, And I don't know the best way to tackle it. I feel like we need to just... Get Spike out of here. So let's let's talk about yeah. this little exchange between Buffy and Spike. Um, Joyce yeah. is there in the background doing some a little bits of comedic relief and the oh Buffy's coming out of the closet bits. Ha ha ha. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So they they make the plan and. Basically, um, Spike is like, it's me and Drew for Angel, and Buffy's not into that. Drew has to go because she killed Kendra. Spike's very proud of Drew for killing a Slayer. Uh, (laughs) I'm like, how does Buffy know (laughs) Drew Silly killed Kendra? (laughs) Like at this point, so with what we've seen, how does Buffy know? Yeah. The the only like rationale that I had is that maybe Xander said that to her, but like, how would Xander know, honestly? <laughs> maybe
0: he told her in an off screen conversation yeah, or something. Yeah. I
1: don't know. So they have that exchange, and um, Buffy and Spike finally get to the agreement. And as Spike leaves, Buffy's like, if Giles dies, she dies. And Spike. Spike responds with this look that I choose to interpret as respect. <laughs> like, there's just this look that he gives her of just like, she, yeah, she's serious about that. Yep. Okay. And, <laughs> I mean, you know, that's, that's part of the agreement. <laughs> Actually,
0: the scene here where Joyce, you mentioned it a minute ago, but it's where Joyce says, I mean, have you tried not
1: being a flair? Uh-huh, that was going to be and the I'm
0: Yeah, I have, in my notes, I have, like, shades of LGBT coming out.
1: Yeah. So, um, I... I don't... Hmm. (laughs) I feel like Joss Whedon just thought that this was the funniest thing and was just laughing the entire time he was writing this dialogue for Joyce. I don't really (laughs) like it that much. (laughs) Like, it's just... It's a weird forced... I like... I like the idea of Joyce kind of being more of the not in her element one. Like we think of, oh, parents being the one that knows what's going on and kids are confused all the time. And there you have Buffy who's like completely in her element and Joyce has no idea what's going on and just kind of rambling in the background. Like I like that representation of the Buffy Joyce dynamic in this early part and I especially like it later on when Joyce snaps. Like I love that moment. But the yeah. the like coming out like subtext that they play with in this. Like I feel like it's it's just a little heavy-handed. And we've talked about this yeah. also with the the Larry coming out. Like there's just been a couple of times where they've done this, but it doesn't it's not really handled in the right ways. And this just it just seems like a silly like Joss thought of this this joke and started writing it and then just kept going with it and just thought it was the funniest thing ever and just kept going with it. He does that from time to time. He thinks things are really funny and he won't let the joke die and the joke should really have died. It might have been okay if it was a line or two, but it is, it is so much. <laughs> it's because yeah. you didn't have a strong father figure. Really? <laughs> yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. So then we're going to get to like the actual... Argument, argument, right? Joyce is, again, very, like, floaty, like, oh, this is all going to be fine. We'll just call the police and explain everything. They'll surely understand, you know. I mean, now that yeah. we know you're innocent and Puffy's like, oh, well, you thought I was <laughs> guilty? um, And, yeah, yeah, like, this is definitely, like, Joyce is suppressing for the longest time during all of this. Like, what's actually going on? She is fully suppressing until she snaps later when Buffy says just have another drink yeah that's the part I think Buffy's kind of rude I mean and and like Buffy is she's very rude in this I agree but I think she's dealing with this is this is bigger than you finding out that I'm a slayer like there's too much going on for me to sit and actually explain this to you right now I am literally, I literally just formed an alliance with my mortal enemy in our living room so I can kill my ex-boyfriend before he destroys the world kind of serious right now. Like, <laughs> so Buffy's just yes, like, trying but, to get through this as fast as possible. and But her mom doesn't know any yeah. of that.
0: And Buffy knows what it was like for her when she first found out, mm-hmm. you know.
1: Yeah. Um, Which is why, like, oh, man when we had the discussion earlier in the season when buffy's considering telling her mother the, cho- the 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 truth and we actually have the conversation that if it was handled correctly that could have been a really important moment for buffy to deal with what's going on. Because she she has been so isolated. We talked about it in the last couple of episodes even. Like you keep seeing even though she has her friends. And is at events or the bronze or whatever with her friends. She's not with her friends. She's choosing yeah. to continue to isolate herself again and again and again. And here's a moment where you're right. Like she if the situation had been better. She might have had more perspective. And been able to explain things to her mother but it's not even just that buffy doesn't have the time i think she chooses to continue that isolation because that's a path that we've seen and so it's another it's another relationship she can sever here um yeah. and you see that like not only is buffy willing to you know just brush off her mom and the fact that her mom's dealing with this realization and understanding just what buffy's been doing but she flat out pushes Joyce like she yeah, she pushes Joyce um, back off of her when Joyce tries to keep her from leaving the house. I have a couple of things with that. One, I want
0: to point out that when
1: Buffy is doing the whole
0: open your eyes, mom speech, and she mentions that uh, how many she mentions, how many times have you washed blood out of my clothing? Yeah, she says clothing again. <laughs> And it's it's it says clothes.
1: That's that's the most important takeaway from the scene.
0: Well, it's definitely not. It's just I always notice when she does it, (laughs) especially when I read clothes in the script. It's just it's (laughs) just a Sarah Michelle Geller thing that I think is really interesting that she always switches it to clothing. Yeah. Like I really wanna like go watch all her movies (laughs) and see if she does she says clothing in place of clothes in her movies. (laughs) You know. I just
1: want to see one time <laughs> when Sarah Michelle Gellar says clothes. just
0: once. <laughs> I don't even have to. I don't even care if I see one time where she says clothes. I just want to know if she always does it. Yeah. Or if she just did it during Buffy. Yeah. Um, oh man. <laughs> and then Buffy is talking about how it never stops, and Joyce says, "No, this is insane. You need help." Mm-hmm. And right. there's a this this whole scene doesn't really make a lot of sense when you think there is an episode where Buffy is talking. To someone, I think it's Willow, and is explaining that she was uh, given psychiatric treatment
1: mm-hmm.
0: by her parents when she still lived in L.A. when she first got called as a slayer because she was talking about vampires and stuff and they thought she needed help.
1: Yeah. Yep. <laughs> there are very
0: few, like, real continuity plot holes in Buffy, and I feel like this is one. Because uh, Joyce this doesn't is, really yeah. seem to remember that. Because she's not like, oh, this again, vampires, Buffy, really? You know, she's shocked and like, what? You know.
1: There are so many ways that I can explain this, but I feel like I can't do any of them until we get to that episode that you're referring to.
0: Why? We're, we're, we are we're fully spoiled.
1: Because this is becoming part two. <laughs> I don't need to spend another 45 minutes talking about Buffy's history with, uh, you know, psychiatric facilities. <laughs> well, okay, well, we'll just remember that we, when we, we get will, there. We will remember that. But yeah, it is something that is pointed out as a continuity error, but... For me, this one isn't as big of a continuity error as like the the times when Buffy casually mentions that she's a slayer and Joyce is like, oh, you silly, you know, (laughs) that's a much bigger, like this Buffy talking about this and Joyce being like, well, you need help. We're going to like, you know, and Buffy's like, I'm not crazy. That actually seems more consistent with the later conversation with Willow than a lot of the stuff that's happened. Um,
0: Well, no, it's not Buffy's reaction that I think is wrong here is Joyce's
1: because the way
0: Joyce reacts. Okay. If Buffy has been yeah. been committed before because of crazy talking about vampires and being a slayer to get mental help, Joyce would know that mm-hmm. she would recognize this, you know?
1: Yeah. But it's different now because Joyce actually witnessed a vampire being dusted in front of her. So that's, yeah, but uh... she still
0: is like, that's oh no, the, you need Joyce help. is
1: also dealing with the fact that she like herself feels crazy <laughs> cuz uh, someone turned to dust in front of her. <laughs> that doesn't happen. Good point. <laughs> so yeah, we have um the Buffy speech. It's in the yeah. it's in all of this stuff that we've talked about, but yeah. I still really like it. It's really good. I really like it. The delivery
0: the, is I have good. to save the world again. again.
1: Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think has been
0: going on for the past two years? The fights, the weird occurrences.
1: How many times have you washed blood out of my clothing and you still haven't figured it out? Well, it stops now. No, it doesn't stop. It never stops. Do do you think I chose to be like this? Do you have any idea how lonely it is, how dangerous? I would love to be upstairs watching TV or gossiping about boys or God, even studying. But I have to save the world again.
0: Although, I'm going to say again, I really do think that Buffy escalates this situation with her mom.
1: Absolutely. And that's like... And I don't know that it's...
0: I feel like it was unnecessary. She had until dawn. It wasn't... She wasn't, like, in a mm -hmm. giant rush. And... But she has to lose everything in this episode, Kim. That's the point. (laughs) I know. I just... Maybe it's because I'm a mom now. I just...
1: (laughs) Well, and that's what think I will she say. She escalates That's this. what I will say is this ep- this time viewing it and really digging into this this time around, I was just like, Joyce's reaction is totally like understandable. Like first she's in denial and then she's just like, oh, well, we'll just call the cops and they'll fix things. And then she snaps like that, yeah. like progression <sighs> makes perfect sense to me. And I think Joyce's character, to, like reaction to all of this really works. Um, and like, yeah, Buffy is dealing with a lot right now and just doesn't have time to deal with Joyce. And it's that role reversal of, like, Buffy, you know, saying just have another drink is almost like a parent telling their kids, just go play your play with your toys. You know, like, just, I don't have time for you right now kind of dynamic that's happened here. Um, yeah, it is designed to be frustrating in a lot of ways but it's it works like i i i totally buy that both of those characters would act that way in this scene like i think i think you're right that buffy doesn't handle it right but i believe that buffy wouldn't handle that right completely
0: well and then we get the the line where joyce says if you walk out that door don't come back Mm -hmm. and buffy takes her literally
1: yeah and
0: walks out the door
1: I'm glad that they actually took the time to show Joyce after Buffy leaves. We've had a couple of times where they, like, if they just lingered on Joyce a little bit longer and let some acting take place to show that Joyce kind of is a little hot-headed and says things in the moment that she regrets instantly afterwards this is one of those scenes where they actually took the time to show that, um, which I think is yeah. a consistent thing in her character. We just don't always see this moment after. And so we get like, Joyce is yeah. just like yelling at Buffy all the time, rah, rah, rah. It's just like, well, no, she's she's dealing with a ch- child that has <laughs> a lot of things going on, and she doesn't isn't always aware of those things going on, and sometimes she yells at her kid, <laughs> and then she regrets it afterwards because <laughs> that's something that parents do sometimes. <laughs> but they actually showed it here, which I appreciate. Yeah. Um,
0: And then we're back in the hospital and discussing about Buffy's going to take care of things and I wish we could help. And uh, Willow decides she's going to try and give Angel's soul back again. And they try to talk her out of it because she's sick and everything. And there's a little scene in the script book that's not in the show during this part where Willow... Basically tells Cordy, who's trying to get her not to do the spell, that if Cordelia helps her cast the spell, Cordelia can give her a complete makeover when it's all over. Oh, And Cordelia's like, really, you're not just saying that? <laughs> Which I think is a l- nice little comic <laughs> thing in this scene. Um, but Willow, you know, convinces them that they can help Buffy by giving Angel his soul back. And she gives all of them tasks to do
1: yeah in charge willow i love in charge willow even from her hospital yeah. bed she's she is in command um yeah and she has her resolve face i love her resolve face it's so yes good. Uh, i also delight in the little bit of acting from seth green where he's just like what in the hecking heck is happening <laughs> like he's just like yeah. processing this okay i pretty much missed out on some stuff didn't i because this is all making the kind of sense that's not.
0: And then Willow, very, very important part here that they finally, finally resolve in season seven. <laughs> <laughs> but Willow tells Xander to go to Buffy and tell her what Willow is doing so that she can try to stall.
1: And Xander goes after telling Willow to be careful. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I will have more to say on this later in this episode. Yeah. Um, so, Giles and Angel torture. Woohoo. <laughs> uh angel is again persuading giles to tell him you know what he needs to know um and giles in true badass form says in order to be worthy you must perform the ritual in a tutu yeah (laughs) an
0: angel man oh yeah someone get the chainsaw and then spike tells him not to lose his temper and uh Kind of tries to be logical with, if you cut him up, you'll never know. And comes up with a plan. And I love this because this just shows how literally crazy Drusilla is. (laughs) And how she just does not care about anything, really. She's just in there being her crazy self in her own little world. Because Spike has her come over there and play a game where she pretends to be Jenny to get the answer out of Giles. But this entire time, she could have done this. Mm -hmm. She was there. She was watching the torture, just hanging out, being Drusilla. And she could have offered from the very beginning or at any time to do what she does to get the information. Mm -hmm. But instead, she just watches Angel play with him. She's just that crazy.
1: She's like, this is fun. I like this. Yeah. I never, like, huh. I never really put that together, but it totally makes sense for Drew's character. <laughs> yeah, because Spike's just
0: like, hey, Drusilla, you want to play a game? And she's, she immediately she goes and starts. Yeah, yeah she, knows. she knows.
1: She knows what She could have done is. it the whole time. <laughs> so from the, do you want to play a game? It does cut to Buffy at the library. Um, she kind of walks around Kendra's outline. I'm going to, I going to stop here for a second and... I feel like I didn't address this enough in Becoming Part 1. And the I didn't want to address it like immediately in the front end craziness because I wanted to talk about the wacky cops. But I'm going to address it here. Kendra is criminally underused and I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate all of this. And um, what I will say is that God bless the Buffy fandom because they will forever recognize Kendra for the true slayer she is and how awesome she is. She's like one of those that if they had actually taken the time to develop would have been really great. And they brought her back to have a death, a significant death in this episode, you know, in this two-parter. And I'm just like, (laughs) upsets me. Okay, that has been said now. Um, well, So Snyder's yeah. here, also being like the most Snyder that Snyder has ever Snydered.
0: Yeah. Um, And he basically tells her she's expelled. And again, he can't just do that.
1: <laughs> like... He doesn't know what a school board is. Don't worry about it. Well, even a school board, like, he he can't do that (laughs) he does all these things
0: that he should not have the power to do as a principal like principals got the superintendent and then the school board and all these people over him -hmm. and he can't just suspend or like expel a student because he feels like it (laughs) she he was she was present at a murder scene you know (laughs) And he doesn't like her. This would never happen. And like next season when she comes back, she has to do all this stuff to get back into school. <laughs> it's just, yeah, he can't do this. And Buffy pulls the sword out of the bag and says, you never, ever got a single date in high school, did you? Hmm. And he's like, your point? She uh, leaves.
1: leaves. And then Snyder yeah, she- calls the mayor on a cell phone? What? They're cell phones? <laughs> well, this was
0: 1998.
1: No, no, no. Cell phones don't exist in Buffy until season seven. The one exception was supposed to be in the pilot episode with Cordelia. But no, I was wrong. It's the, There's the cell phone here. What? When did, when did this happen? <laughs> I mean, there were cell phones in 1998. No, it was... not in the Buffy. Br- they don't exist until season seven, Kimberly. You're not understanding. Okay, okay. <laughs> I, no, I, just, I have a pet I was... peeve. I have a pet peeve. Buffy should have a cell phone. Like Buffy should yes, have a cell phone. <laughs> yeah. Like, why does Buffy and why did Buffy and Giles not have
0: cell phones to communicate with <laughs> each other?
1: As soon as but, cell phones were invented, the Watcher's Council should have been like, "We're getting that for our slayers." <laughs> I had a cell phone in
0: 1998. I was in college and had one. It was a big chunky Nokia, but I had
1: one.
0: Mm-hmm. He, when he calls the mayor, this is my issue with this. He he tells the mayor, I have good news. But why? Why does he have good news?
1: Cause why is this good Buffy's news? Buffy's expelled and now she has all this free time during the day. <laughs> Exactly. exactly what the mayor wants. <laughs> yeah. It's just because you expelled her doesn't mean she's leaving Sunnydale.
0: And we've already established that there are other schools. There's some kind of weird prep school. Uh there's a Catholic high school. There's uh Cordelia once mentions like another public high school. There's a bunch of other schools in Sunnydale, which I think is strange because it's so small. But she can go to another school. She's not necessarily leaving. <laughs> There's, there's no reason that he should be telling the mayor he has good news. I mean, come but on now, it has a, truthfully a college. Though,
1: truthfully, though, this is the most Snyder that Snyder has ever Snydered.
0: Yes, very much. Then we're back at Giles and Drusilla.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I want to point out, this is the first time we... Well, I guess we saw a little bit of it in Becoming Part 1. But this is where we realized that Drusilla has a lot of other powers besides just visions mm-hmm. she can read minds she can give somebody a vision and then in becoming part one we discover she can hypnotize someone yeah so like she has a lot more powers than
1: i would have been fine think. if they just kept doing this. like just constantly just like throw random powers that drusilla has that we never <laughs> knew yeah about. A new power every episode yeah, she's like in. she just she just has all the powers
0: <laughs> yeah that that would have been awesome (laughs) um but basically she's talking to giles and she gives him a vision of jenny she
1: she has this moment where she like has her hand on giles's head and says let's see what's inside and she like immediately realizes and it's just like of course like it's just again juliet landau bravo um (laughs) but this is moment of of realizing, oh yeah, this is the obvious thing that I can do. And then she has this moment of uh, hypnosis. And then when she puts her hand over his eyes and pulls it away and reveals that it's Jenny. And I love this performance because somehow uh, Rubia LaMorte plays Drusilla. <laughs> like, I really feel like this is still Drusilla when I'm watching this. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm like, yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I I see that. I can very much see that.
1: She's there coaxing the information out of out of Giles, making him feel comfortable, talking about how they'll be together finally, and. And he reveals that they like they have to get Angel away, and then Drusilla puzzles it out, and it's just like Angel himself. He's the key, and and Giles confirms that it's his blood. And then Drusilla shushes him and starts to kiss him. Um, and it pans over to show that it is in fact actually now Drusilla again. That that was all in Giles's head. And man, yeah. Drew, I love you, girl. You know how you know how to get into the to the uh, character character yeah angel has his dumb moment um and then says kill him and spike saves the day again saying what if he's lying yeah he's he's definitely keeping
0: up his end of the bargain like we need to keep him alive in case he's lying and uh angel's like yeah that's a good point i like working it's like old times working with you again
1: Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) and then they realize drusilla is still making out with (laughs) Giles.
1: Because That's fine. of so, course, she uh, is.
0: Drusilla. Well, of course she is. Yeah, um, and she says sorry. I was in the moment, <laughs> and Giles uh, realizes that it was Drusilla, and he was tricked, and he just looks terrified. He does that really well. Yeah,
1: It's a nice, it's a nice subtle shift in his like. Is he still in that moment of bliss, and then it just starts to like dawn on him what has happened? Yeah, it's, it's lovely.
0: And then we are back in Giles' apartment, and Buffy is talking to Whistler again, and ask him what he means that the sword isn't enough. I guess he yeah. did—he did know she was going to come back.
1: Yeah. So Whistler. And so
0: Whistler finally actually gives some information instead of being all cryptic <laughs> and vague. Yeah. He actually says, "This is what Angel's trying to do. This is what could happen. This is what you have to do." Then he tells her to. You know, do it fast, because the faster you kill Angel, the easier it'll be for you. And Buffy says, don't worry about me. I can deal. I got nothing left to lose. And she leaves. And then Whistler says, wrong kid, you got one more thing. And I wonder, did he know? Like, did Whistler know that Angel would get his soul back at the last minute?
1: That's not what I read that being in regards to. Oh, how do you read it? Um, I will talk about that in a moment. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. So, yeah. I I do have a lot to say about this next scene. So uh sunrise at the mansion, Buffy walking up, Xander jumps out, he's got a big rock, she gives him a steak, blah this, blah that. He's supposed to get Giles out, and um she says she can't protect him, she's gonna be too busy killing, and shockingly, Xander actually listens to that and he doesn't like come back and try to help Buffy, which is impressive. Yeah. Good 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 character growth for Xander. Um and then that's all uh <laughs>
0: Yeah, Down it all disappears
1: later. <laughs> when, yeah. when Xander's like, Willow wanted me to tell you, and then a beat, kick his ass. Yeah, <laughs> oh. <laughs> so it's interesting, because this is one of those things where I can imagine endlessly what Buffy's reaction would be. <laughs> If Xander, like, actually said, Willow's trying the curse again, she's, she wants you to stall so she can give, give it another go. And in a lot of ways, the way that Buffy's been acting, the things that Buffy's been saying, the resolve she's had in so many of these instances, the, like, the way she dealt yeah. with Joyce earlier. Buffy is so yeah. resigned to killing Angel at this moment that I'm not even entirely sure had Xander come up and just flat out said... Willow's going to try the curse again that Buffy wouldn't have just continued the the direction that she went anyway. Um yeah. Like I think that getting her to this point where she could kill Angel took so long and she's just ri- like she she has that moment earlier where she says, you know, I've, I've just got to accept that he's never going to be who he was. Like, you know, I'm never going to have that angel back again. So it's interesting. You have this moment of, of Xander having this pause and this thinking about it. And I think a lot of times people think Xander did this for selfish reasons because he hates Angel and he doesn't want Angel to get his soul back and, like, truth be told, there might have been a lot more working through his brain at that point trying to figure out what's the best, like, what's the actual thing that's gonna get us through this, what's gonna keep Buffy alive, what's gonna save the world, like, there could have been a lot more working there. Ultimately, though, the truth is Willow wanted Buffy to have this information and Xander should have delivered this message and respected his two friends enough to allow, you know, this truthful communication to take place. And this is just further proof of why Buffy needs a cell phone. Yeah. <laughs> and she could have had one. Yeah.
0: it was 1998.
1: <laughs> we have proof in this very episode that they did exist. No. Um, like, I just don't, like, I, this has been talked to death. And I honestly, like, I don't. Still to this day, I don't know how I feel about this choice. Like, of the things that I hate Xander for, this isn't really one of them.
0: Yeah, but this is the one you're supposed to hate him for.
1: Yeah, Like, and I don't, like, I don't hate him for this. And I don't know why, but I just, I'm okay with this. I, I see enough in that moment to where I can rationalize reasons why Xander is making this decision. And it's not just because... You know, I hate Angel and I don't want Angel and Buffy to be back together. Like, I think, like, really when he thinks about it, he's like, you know, Willow's weak. She might not be able to pull this off. Buffy might stall just to try for this last bit of hope and that could get her killed. You know, this is all like, this is down to the wire. This is the end of the world we're talking about. And we don't really need to play with any of these chances that we know are, you know, very low likely to be successful i mean this is a major spell willow's first spell she's attempted it uh, to a degree but doesn't really like have enough experience with magic to know xander himself has had horrible backfires from spells like i mean like i could see there be a scenario here where xander is making this decision because he's been thinking about this the entire time he's been walking towards the mansion to meet Buffy. And this moment here was when he made the final choice to not actually tell her because he's been weighing all of these different options. Like, what is the right move here? And I think that this is one of the more, like, deep moments for Xander when it comes to really what's going on.
0: It's definitely a possibility. Yeah. I've never actually considered that he wasn't doing it selfishly.
1: Yeah. And I think, like, s- because there's so much ugh, Xander in so many other uh, parts of the show, like, it's easy to just make this be a selfish thing. But, like, realistically, when you break it down, like, he felt like this was the logical choice. Like, this was the the most likely scenario in which Buffy got out of this alive. Because, you know, I mean, I would be there thinking just, like, Willow is... Literally in a hospital bed trying to cast a very high-powered spell with little to no magic experience. And this is what I'm supposed to tell Buffy to, you know, stall killing this vampire that's trying to end the world for, you know? Like, I can understand the logic behind that. (laughs) But yeah, people hate Xander for this moment. And I hate Xander for a lot of other moments. But I don't hate him at all for this moment.
0: I mean, he's got a lot of worse moments. Yeah. But he's got good ones too. Yeah, I don't hate Xander. I'm I'm one of those that just doesn't hate him.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna get into this now. <laughs> Angel is performing the ritual. Willow is also performing the the uh, curse. Um. Angel slices his hand. Buffy decapitates a vampire lackey and says hello, lover. Yeah. Ah, uh, it's so good. And yeah, he's just like, I don't have time for you. You don't have a lot of time left. And Angel, again, talking it up, you, you really think you're going to be able to take us all? And Buffy uh, says, No, I don't. As Spike stands up behind Angel and yeah. starts beating the crap out of him. Like, and and this was the moment that I was just like, logically, He has every kind of advantage in this scenario. And if they actually wanted to be efficient and just take care of business, he would have just staked Angel and they would have been done. And it'd be like, good, cool job. Well done. I'll take Drew. Giles is in there. All right. See you later. Bye. Um, But no, he wants to beat the crap out of Angel.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And the way Drusilla looks at Spike when he stands up and attacks Angel, it's just, oh my gosh. She is just, it's, it's like, shock and rage at the same time on her face. <laughs> like she is did not see that coming. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah.
1: And the little build up when she finally tackles Spike. Like you could just the the noise she makes is so great. Yeah. <laughs> after after Drew uh tackles Spike off of Angel, Buffy's distracted with a lackey vamp. We see Xander run in. He punches the vamp with his broken hand. <laughs> which seems yeah. painful, but, you know, adrenaline. Um, Buffy uh, grabs a stake from a broken piece of furniture and uh, there's a bunch of, you know, facing off going on and, like, An- Angel just, like, gets up, he's fine, <laughs> and goes and finishes the ritual because everybody forgot about that part. Um, <laughs> yeah.
0: Spike tells Drusilla he doesn't want to hurt her, but I will, and then, like, appears to choke her unconscious which you know she doesn't have breath
1: so yeah that's one of those shouldn't have worked. that's one of those things that we just ignore and assume it yeah they can't they yeah. use it when they want to and <laughs> and
0: um both both Listen, sides of it. still crazy <laughs> true
1: <laughs> maybe she's just like oh he's hugging me really hard i'm gonna play dead
0: <laughs> uh then xander goes to get giles And Giles is like, you're not real. You're not real. And Xander's like, yeah, I am. Let's go. And Giles says, no, they're tricking me. They're uh, making me think that people I want are here. And Xander's like, then why would they make you see me? (laughs) And Giles is like, yep, let's go. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) And they are gone.
1: Yeah, Xander listened to his instructions and followed them precisely. It's amazing. (laughs) Yep. That and is then, perhaps the 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 biggest like uh, misstep in this episode because Xander would have totally ran back and been like, "I'm gonna save you, Buffy!" No, um, <laughs>
0: and, and gotten hurt. Yeah. Uh, and then we have the sword fight between Angel and Buffy, mm-hmm. which I have to say is one of the best things I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Although, if you look really close, you can tell when it's. Angels stunt doubles.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, every wide shot, you're just like, those are stunt doubles. But, you know, it's still great. It's still fabulous. It's more,
0: it's more obvious with Angels, I think. But it's still great. Yeah. It's still a great fight. It's still an amazing scene.
1: And one thing, uh, one thing I will say, this is, I believe, a James Marsters quote. I'm going to attribute it to James Marsters. James Marsters said this, it's official, but James Marsters was talking about his stunt double and how, you know, he's as much the character as uh, James Marsters is. Like, you know, the stunt double makes choices in, in their performance just like James Marsters would make perform like choices in his performance when playing spike i think the exact quote james marster said i'm very convinced it was james marster's because he was talking about his stunt double and he's like he's not my stunt double he's spike and i'm just like ah nice (laughs) (laughs) so anytime i see the actual stunt doubles at this point i'm just like ah it's still it's still buffy and angel (laughs) Even though it's not Sarah and David, it's still Buffy and Angel. I will hop on that bandwagon and and, and totally support that way of looking at it, and I think it's great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the sword fight fabulous because it's 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 fun. It's a sword fight, but it it's such a great narrative tool in this moment because as it starts out, you know, there is some some pretty evenly matched, but towards the front end. Angel mostly has the advantage. And we see that it continues to go that way. And then after the turn, when when Buffy has her line of empowerment, then Buffy has the advantage. And I love when shows do this, but they echo each other's injuries. Buffy gets a little slice on the arm. Angel gets a slice on his hand. Like there's things that happen that when Buffy was being overpowered and got injured in the front end of the fight, Buffy reciprocated in the latter ha- half of the fight when she had the the upper hand um yeah. so it's just it's great i love i love the sword fight
0: <laughs> yeah it's it's choreographed very well so
1: then we switch back to the hospital
0: room and willow is doing the the curse and kind of gets taken over mm-hmm. by the spell and starts speaking in romanian and oz and cordelia are just like hey uh yeah what's going on here but It's the first time we see Willow taken over by magic. And it, like, going through her instead of her doing it, you know?
1: Yeah. And her just, the staring blankly as she's doing it. And then, like, she gets, like, violent shakes towards the end and stuff like that. Like, you can already see that as much as we, we learn how powerful Willow is and as much control as Willow has over magic, magic has, like so much control over willow and it's just it's interesting to see like this is her first spell and it's like magic chooses her magic's just like yeah (laughs) you my girl (laughs) (laughs) okay so here's the moment kim angel is approaching buffy she has lost her weapon spike has his little funny bit where he's just like god he's gonna kill her and then shrugs and walks off because it's spike um
0: Yeah, but, like, Spike's whole purpose was that he didn't want the world to
1: end. No, his whole purpose was he wanted Drew back.
0: (laughs) Right, but he also didn't want the world to end. And so, like, with his course of action, the world's still going to end.
1: Yeah, but he has Drew back. Like, he
0: can't outrun it by leaving Sunnydale. (laughs)
1: Listen, Spike is fight or flight sometimes, and he chose flight that time. (laughs) Anyway, um, the iconic Uh, I'll play the sound clip, because you gotta.
0: That's everything, huh? No weapons, no friends,
1: no hope. Take all that away, and what's left? Me. That is the last thing she has left to lose. That is the one thing that she has left is to lose herself. Um, That is why in this moment, had the curse not happened and Buffy had retained that empowerment and just killed Angelus... And not had to have killed Angel, I think that this episode might have ended differently because Buffy yeah. was able to keep herself in this moment. She was able to find that power within herself to do what had to be done. But then when she realized that Angel was back and a Catholic is still opening, she still did what had to be done, but at the cost of losing herself, which is why we have Anne. At the beginning of season three. She literally gives herself up. That's what she loses. She loses herself and every last bit of her identity. Which is why she picks up the alias and is no longer Buffy after this episode. That is. And the way they did this is just heart-wrenching.
0: Oh, yeah. Angel gets his soul back and she's excited and like has some hope. She's like, oh. mm-hmm. you know, there's some hope. And then she sees a Kathla behind yeah. him start open and she realizes yeah and it's just she does this so well oh yeah and i really can't watch the scene without crying
1: (laughs) and i wrote it like you you wrote it as hope i wrote it as immense relief this is like a show of this is all of this weight that buffy has been carrying of having to kill angel and then she has this immense relief and then it's completely there again As soon as she realizes that Akatla is, in fact, waking up. Um, man, what a great performance. I freaking love Sarah Michelle Gellar. And, yeah, the one thing I will say is that I looked at this very closely. I watched it very, very closely. And not once did I see Angel signal Buffy with his eyes. So I'm pretty sure that Angel was lying to Spike in season five of Angel. What? (laughs) Ah! beat you with my buffy references it's great <laughs> you did you're gonna have to explain that one in season five of angel spike and angel are arguing about like how many times they saved the world and and angel says that he stopped a cathla and spike is like buffy killed you and he's just like yeah but i signaled her with my eyes
0: oh yeah
1: <laughs> i watched it very cl- he doesn't do that
0: <laughs> no and he would i it was a joke. <laughs> but that's, yeah. I, I did not pick up that reference.
1: Oh no. What I'll what I'll actually say the uh the the more serious thing is that um you have uh the gorgeous gorgeous echo. Everybody knows this echo, but is the gorgeous gorgeous echo of when Liam was turned, where she says close your eyes and kills yeah. him. Man, I love it. I love the close your eyes. I love the hello lover earlier. I love those little echoes um, that tie these episodes together. They're great. And yeah, she watches as he's pulled into hell. She pauses a moment and then she just breaks down in like the... uh, most gut-wrenching yeah. way, where you know what's about to happen, but like it cuts off like she walks out of frame it cuts off before you really get to see it happen and i really love that choice of editing where you can see just how wrecked she is but you don't ever actually oh. see her cry <laughs> like full-on cry she returns home and leaves her mother a note joyce reads it and cries The Scoobies are outside of the school. No word from Buffy. Willow thinks the spell worked. um, And they discuss that she probably just needs some time. Maybe she's even with Angel. um, But she'd have to come back eventually because, you know, they still have school. And we see Buffy watching them as they enter the school. She walks away. With a bag and sad overalls, um, and we see her sitting in the, yeah, the bus. Overalls are an odd
0: choice, I think.
1: <laughs> we see her sitting on a on a bus as she leaves town. Shop pans down to to show the Sunnydale sign. Come back soon. And all of this last section is accompanied by "Full of Grace" by Sarah McLaughlin. And yeah, in the
0: script book, it just says that uh, sad Sarah McLaughlin's song points. <laughs> perfect they, they, they knew they were gonna do that they just didn't know which one yet
1: um so <laughs> what do you even say about this
0: <laughs> yeah uh,
1: I just like I was just trying to get through all of that as fast as possible so we could come back and actually discuss it but now that we were to the point of discussing it I'm just like what do you say about this it's so gut-wrenching in every way oh yeah Ugh i love the the narrative through line that i was discussing earlier about buffy has lost everything and you have this moment of like empowerment where she's just like i still have myself and then it gets to this final exchange you know she she's there she's kissing angel passionately she's so relieved and she still carries through with what she knows she has to do. She still recognizes that that's who she is. But because who she is led her to having to make that decision to kill her true love, you know, the the one person she wants more than anything, then she just flat out rejects that part of herself too. And she refuses to be who she is in that moment following Angel's death. She is... Very much Buffy the Vampire Slayer when she chooses to kill Angel and make that final call. But then at that point, it's it's very much echoes the conversation that she has with Giles in The Gift. That there are certain things that if they happen, she'll just quit. And this is one of those moments where Buffy just quits. Yeah. She is no longer Buffy the Vampire Slayer. She is Anne the Waitress the next time we see her. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, like, she she is Buffy the Vampire Slayer from the me line up until she stabs Angel and sends him back to hell. And then at that moment, she chooses not to be Buffy the Vampire Slayer anymore because it's just too much. It's too much to be Buffy the Vampire Slayer. If those are the choices you have to make, it goes back to Lie to Me, which is why Lie to Me is a really important episode. Is that, you know, you don't have a good choice, but you have a choice. And Buffy... Makes that choice to kill Angel because it is the you know the choice that she has, but then she chooses afterwards to no longer be the person that has to deal with those choices for a for a good yeah. chunk of time. Um, and man, I will I will continue that conversation a lot in Anne because this is again another finale. Uh, and season premiere premiere that tie in together really well. Like I forgot how much when she was bad and prophecy girl tied together. I have not forgotten how much becoming and and tie together when it comes through this three yeah. line.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it, it's a heart wrenching episode.
1: Oh man. And I wish I wish I could
0: remember what it felt like watching that the first time. Mm-hmm. Like not knowing that Adriel was going to come back because, like you know. Every other time you watch it, you know he comes back. Yeah. And I can't remember what it felt like the first time. Mm-hmm. Like, Angel's gone. There's no more Angel.
1: Yeah. You know. I, I love my experience with Buffy that I had, but I watched Buffy all kinds of Out of Order. And sometimes I wish that I could just, like, wipe this slate blank and start from the beginning and watch through it um yeah. without knowing everything that I knew when I first watched through it because yeah I knew like I knew Angel had a spinoff and lived beyond this when I first watched this episode like I was fully aware of all of that yeah.
0: I wasn't cuz I started watching it like as it aired mid season 2 Mhm I got to experience watching watching it with Adam cuz a couple of years after we got married I finally convinced him to watch it with me. And at that point, all he knew, he did know that Angel at least comes back. Because he knew that there was an Angel series. And he knew there was a musical episode. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But that's about all he knew from what I had told him. Yeah. So I got to watch him uh, see it all. And like we watched all seven seasons on Hulu. That way we'd watch two or three every night. So I got to experience... Experience him watching that, and I, I swear sometimes I was watching him more than I was watching the show. Oh, yeah, <laughs> to like something, something would be about to happen, and I'd be like just staring at him. And he finally asked me to stop because he's like, Every time you look at me, I know something big's gonna happen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's great, unintentionally spoiling the entire show. Um, yeah, yeah, like God. This episode, man. It is, you you said in the front end, it's definitely in my top ten. Yeah. And... I think this one makes my top five. Yeah. Probably. I'm not sure if it's quite that high for me, but man, it's definitely in my top ten. And it is yeah. the conclusion to, in my opinion, the most iconic Buffy storyline, which is the season two Angelus arc. Like, that is, for me, the most Buffy that Buffy has ever been. And it's not necessarily my favorite story arc or my favorite season, but it is, like, we're done with season two. And at the beginning of season two, I said, this is the most iconic season. And it's a lot of people's favorites. I've seen a lot of polls recently on different, like, Buffy groups where people vote on their favorite season. And season two wins a lot of the time. Season two is super important in the in the foundational role it plays in the, the rest of the series. Um, Because season one's fun. I don't have any problems with season one. It's like a lot of people really struggle through season one. I enjoy season one quite a bit. I like the campy side of season one. But season two is when Buffy becomes Buffy. Buffy becomes the show that we all know and love and really becomes that iconic, timeless show. Yeah. And... Yeah, I just, I want to take a moment to acknowledge that we are now at the end of season two, and it's a really good season, and I like it a lot. Except for Goldfish, we could skip that episode. (laughs) (laughs) We will be back with a new season of Buffy, which... I am excited about as well. It is also a very, very good and well-loved season of Buffy. And it will also feature a lot of conversation about this two-parter. I am sure. Well,
0: yeah, I mean, it's, it's, (laughs) it's practically a three-part episode. It's
1: practically a three-part episode. Because Anne
0: should be a part of it.
1: (laughs) That was our episode. Thank you all so much for listening. And this is where we say bye. Bye. We're gonna just talk about random stuff forever if we keep down the track. <laughs> I was I was this close to starting to talk about season five. I was like, nope, pull it back. Stop. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs>